Gee, I am very tired. How tired are you? Very tired. I've been working a lot of overtime and it is making me very tired. You, my friend, need some sleep. No, I will sleep when I'm dead. (laughs) (laughs) What I need is a good cup of freshly roasted gourmet coffee. Freshly roasted gourmet coffee, you say? Yes. Do you know where I could get a cup of freshly roasted gourmet coffee? I do. Where? The Roll Call Room Cafe. The Roll Call Room Cafe? The Roll Call Room Cafe. It's located at 17229 Wayside Drive in Dumfries, Virginia. The Roll Call Room Cafe uses only the finest premium gourmet beans and, unlike national chains, the Roll Call Room Cafe imports, roasts, grinds, and packages their coffee on site. Sounds delicious, Roland. It is. But Roland, I'm in Nebraska. No problem there. You can order their coffee online at www.rollcallroomcafe.com. Rollcallroomcafe.com? Rollcallroomcafe.com. Issues and views discussed on the Roll Call Room podcast are the sole opinions of the guest or host and do not reflect the views of any agencies or government offices. Persons discussed on the show may be fictional or exaggerated for comedic purposes. The Roll Call Room podcast is not responsible for any injury sustained while listening, to include but not limited to busting a gut, laughing until you cry, nausea, crying until you laugh, butt hurt, alcohol poisoning, and a sudden and intense dislike for those named Steve. Please use caution while operating a motor vehicle as the podcast is not liable for any traffic violations or damage. This podcast is rated explicit and listener discretion is advised. If you cannot handle being told the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, please stop listening now. Epstein didn't kill himself. So I'll hear people say, if you believe it, then you can achieve it. And the problem with that is they're leaving out the most important part of the equation. And that part is work, action, actually doing something. That's what you have to do to achieve anything. Yeah, you got to believe it, but you better get the work done. And most people will not be successful. They will not reach whatever they wrote because when there's not anything emotionally attached to it, they're going to quit and give up. Most people were closer than they ever thought they were to finishing that big thing, but they never finished it because they didn't feel like finishing it. Or they were doing it and it was pain. And most people quit in the pain because the pain hurts so bad that they don't know if they want to keep going to get to go. Because you're going to wake up most days and not feel like it. You're going to wake up most days and not be pumped up. You're going to wake up most days and not feel like doing it. But when you can get to a point that you do it anyway, then there's no way you won't reach any of your goals. There's things that you know you're supposed to do as a human being. Things that you know are going to improve your life. Do those things. There's things that you know are going to make you a worse person and make your life worse. Don't do those things. 
get up early, do some kind of workout, eat good foods, clean your room, make a list of things that you're supposed to do in your life, and then wake up in the morning and do those things. And no, it is not easy. But you're not going to get it from anyone else but you. You think things are going to just go your way? Well, they're not going to just go your way. You got to make them go your way. You think things are going to just happen for you? Well, they're not just going to happen for you. You got to make them happen. Everyone seems to think that this world, this government, somebody owes them something. Nobody owes you shit. If you want something, go out there and get it. Go out there and take it. That's all there is to it. You need to stop this whining, this crying all the damn time, and get up and do something about it. And the biggest thing I see getting in the way is your fucking feelings. F*** your feelings. Where there's a will, there's a way. When you've got air in your lungs, then you have no excuse. It's just a matter of perspective. You're either going to be a fucking sheep, or you're going to be a lion. You're going to be an attacker and a go-getter. But if you want to sit there and cry, bitch, and moan and whine all the fucking time while you can't, 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 then you sit your ass on that bench with the losers, and you stay there. But don't expect me to turn around and pat you on the back and say, hey, good job for being a fucking quitter. Get up and do something about it. People who win fucking do sh and people who lose talk sh You can win if you choose to learn the things that you need to do and then fucking do them. That's reality. That's the sh nobody wants to admit because admitting so means that you have to take responsibility for where you are currently. And you have to say, I am where I am currently because I didn't do X, Y, and Z. And guess what? That fucking hurts a little bit. But once you accept that truth, you are able to then move forward with the actions required to get you to where you want to go. Discipline your body. Free your mind. Get up early and go. Get after it and you will become the person you want to be. And you become that person through one small decision at a time. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Roll Call Room Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Nick. Mike is in the middle of get, getting hepatitis C by getting a new tattoo. Uh, he will not be with us. But joining us is our new addition to the podcast, Lauren. Lauren, how are you? I'm good. Good. You look fantastic. You look fantastic. We'll get to that in a minute. And with me is a very special guest, um, John. John is a former law enforcement officer and uh, has grown to be a really good friend of mine that I met through the uh, cafe. Uh, we work for the same city, different agencies, and um, uh, become very good friends. John, how are you, buddy? I'm fine. I'm allowed to speak now? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I'm doing good. Thank you, you look, for having me. You look fantastic. Your cartoon 
awesome came out amazing oh, awesome, awesome. Did you didn't see it no is it in the shopping cart uh no 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 you didn't get to see it yet no all right folks i'm going to show it to lauren for the first time on the air um <laughs> is that not spot on that that is, that is that's good i tell you the cartoonist that does that job uh that does the work does a phenomenal job i've used i've used him quite a bit and um he's done a really really good job so um good to have you on uh we've been talking about having you on for a while and finally it happened so i'm super stoked um so you get to see some of the shenanigans that happen on the show and behind the scenes um and uh we're going to continue lauren's uh saga um <laughs> hopefully finish it hopefully, if you just shut the hell up hopefully hopefully um good news no detectives have come to the cafe uh so yay you know that's that's a good sign mm -hmm. it's a good sign always a good day when you're not served well you know especially when half of them are teleworking right so i think um that's, that's only cid yeah, I think that's awesome that uh, taxpayers are paying for detectives to sit home. Half of them to sit home. Never thought about it like that, but true. Yeah, yeah. Why can't you do telework from your home when you're, well, you have a phone, a computer? You'd write the report. You interview people over the phone, and well, here's the thing: is and this is this is what creates an us versus them inside of law enforcement agencies. So you've got patrol who's got a dumpster fire of a situation with this uh, pandemic. Uh, they're being uh, told that they have to work in ridiculous situations and in a pandemic. It's a shit show. You know, they've got uh, commanders that are fucking with them. I mean, life as a patrol officer, particularly in that agency, isn't the greatest right now. Um, I think that's that's not just that's everywhere. That's everywhere. That's yeah, everywhere. It's, it's, right. Yeah. And we're going to get to that. I've got two emails <laughs> that I want to read at the end of the show uh, that we got some emails from some fans. And um you know, so these these patrol officers, they're overworked, they're pushing uh, cruisers, uh, staffing sucks, da, 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 da. but there's enough staffing to send half of the detectives home to do telework. Not, not everywhere. Well, I'm just saying in this particular agency, in this particular agency. So if you could afford for them not to be at headquarters, then why not make them get back in uniform and alleviate some of the staffing issues in patrol? Make, make them push a cruiser. Right. Right. I think it's a mishandling of manpower because you can't tell me that they are actually doing anything on telework for eight hours a day. True. I is mean, that more so on the detective? Is that more so because side. the detectives don't want to go back to patrol? Oh, that's oh, that's total. Yeah. Once they get that's that punishment. badge. Yeah. Once they get that gold badge and it's hilarious because I've seen it happen. Like soon as new detectives get their badge, like patrol is beneath them. Like they, that, like. Oh, patrol. Completely forget where they came yeah, from. Yeah, patrol. I'm not going back there. So it's like everything else in the world. You get a title and all of a sudden everybody else is beneath you. Yeah. You, yeah, have, yeah. you okay. have additional responsibilities outside of the normal grassroots of law enforcement. Yeah. Gotcha. There was one in particular in my former agency, just an absolutely shitty patrol officer, just um, hated fucking investigating any kind of cases, dodged paper like Keanu Reeves in The Matrix. And just fucking, <laughs> fucking like, just the fucking worst, right? Right. And uh, he didn't get a position that he put in for, and he bitched and moaned about it. And then he puts in for detective, and he gets it. And the moment he gets it, he's coming down to the to the patrol level, bitching out brand new officers for the way that they write reports and them not fully investigating cases and stuff like that. It's like, dude, 
everybody fucking remembers you. Like right. you're the fucking you're the slug of slugs. And CI uh, Criminal Investigations Division, which is what they call um, in our former agency, um, their process, part of their process to become a detective was is they used to make you pick three of your top cases that you've worked as a patrol officer okay. and how you work them to the fullest to really show your, your investigative skills and your report writing skills. And, and, and they and have your to, resources. What did right. you use? To, what other agencies did you contact? The full scope of... I can I can contact you know the parks rec or I needed to contact the schools or or this person to help solve the case. It's showing your networking abilities and your how you go and, start to finish. Right, yes. right. And right. I thought that was fantastic part of the process. It's not the only part of the process, but it's a portion of it. And they stopped doing that because the applicants that they were getting couldn't even find three cases to fucking pick out. Wow. And this guy would definitely be one of those that couldn't pick out. Like his top case would probably be a drunken public. Like, wow. Like, like I, uh, I drove him to booking right? and I stayed there and I got a warrant and I filled it out. And then the deputies told me I filled it out wrong. So I fixed it. Right. And then I left. Right. Then I had to come back. Then I had to come back. <laughs> and fix. <laughs> yeah, Cause I had to fix it again. I didn't listen to what the deputy told listen. me to do. So that kind of does my follow up. Yeah. Yeah. That's my follow up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. See, I'm good at follow up. And I, I went a, back. I was an ass. Am I allowed to say ass? Yo, and I was say a fuck. I was an, oh wow. And I my was a, agency, my former agent, our former agency is going to transcribe this word for word. <laughs> oh, okay. And, and somebody, I will leave them nameless that's leaking me information from that agency is telling me that it's also being transcribed in Braille. Nice. Which I think is fucking awesome. Cool. Awesome. So, because half of the leadership in that city is blind. So nice. You like how I did that? I get it. Yeah. I, 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 I thought it was pictures, pictures, pop-ups, picture books. Yeah. Because pop-ups. you know, Braille requires actual learning to interpret where pictures you just look at. Yeah. That's why all this people smells picking, like Ben you know, Gay. Picking, gay what? Ben Gay. Ben Gay. Ben gay. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, he's here too? I, uh, yes. <laughs> we need him. Can call me. Amen. Um, so, Faith uh, over fear. Faith over fear. So I thought it was hilarious because uh, a news uh, news outlet did a story on on the detectives. Half, half the detectives teleworking because there's been a huge uptick in crime in the city. Like, not like regular. I crime. thought it was because the other agency bitched and complained, and because they couldn't do that. That's true. Well, the the, the sheriff's department in that jurisdiction handles court security and the jail. Um, Say it isn't so. Yeah. Yeah. And they're not allowed to telework. True. And that's fucked up. And they're locked in the jail. <laughs> Hit my zoom button. Yes, they Time are. to go back to your hotel now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I see you. Yeah. Don't make me come out in my pajamas. Right. Um, and, and I have to agree with them as, is, is that it's not fair for, you know, the deputies to not be able to get the same kind of treatment. Um, and let's not forget that this chief had patrol officers, half the patrol officers doing telework too. Wow. Yeah. I don't know if you knew about that. Didn't know about that. They, 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 they cause normally By the shift. schedule is a two week shift, a two week schedule. It's a rotating two week schedule. Okay. So it's two on two off, you know, every other weekend and so forth, just like it is in, in the jail. Two on Right. Yeah, two on, two off, three on, two off, two, two on, on, three, three off. Yeah. yeah. So with the teleworking schedule, they added a third week into that. So you would work your normal two weeks, and then on your third week, your squad, that, that shift, would be teleworking. 
Nice. And then everybody would just kind of rotate around that three week schedule. So you had a, you had that whole three you had that whole extra week, and it was nice if you had the three days or versus yeah. the you know the two days. Um, literally, you had to log into your computer, move the mouse over once in a while. So no, no, you didn't have to do that. You didn't have to just as long as you logged in computer. on wow. your MDB from the, the start of your shift to the end of your shift, and have your department issued cell phone charged and turned on. And, and, and occasionally some people did, did like, like some people did legitimately do some reports, get like, like crash telephone reports, reports or, or, yeah. you know, basic telephone reporting. It's a good reports. gig. It was a good gig. If you I, can get I it. I can imagine. It sounds like, but, it sounds like it for the, what do you think happened, John? Oh, I know what happened. Come on. Uh, well, every other weekend you had a three day weekend and every third week you had a week off. Well, what would stop that from happening? Oh, at home visits by a supervisor is uh, the only always, thing I can think Steve's of. Always a fucking Steve that fucks it up. Oh, Steve. A Steve. John doesn't is listen that a to the show. Dedicate. Yes. Okay. Yes. Gotcha. So a Steve and his girlfriend decide to take pictures in their pajamas on telework with their computers on and post it all over social media. And that's how you, that's how good things get ruined. I don't even have a Facebook page, and that's what are we allowed to say Facebook? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I don't even have a social media page, and okay, I, I go by what Doctor Phil says. Exploding. Hold on. No, no, I probably shouldn't ask. No, no, you can. Were they both lieutenants? No. Oh, surprising. Surprising. Wow. They weren't, but they will be. Don't worry. Eventually. <laughs> Eventually. Yeah. Yeah. Give it time, my friend. Give it. Not time. the right couple. Who no. else could it be? No, 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 <laughs> no, 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 no. no, no. no. Um, but, uh, yeah, so it was ruined, uh, and that blew up in the, in the chief's face because, um, uh, the mayor apparently didn't know about that this was happening. And I think it was a good, it was a good plan to limit exposure, to give, to give the officers that, that, that break. Um, but it wasn't, it wasn't thought through and it wasn't communicated with everybody else in the city. Yeah. I think the better plan would have been to not allow you to be home but for you to stay at headquarters in, let's say, the big, huge roll call room, and you can like watch movies and you know goof off there. Right. But you're Plus, able. Plus, if the shit hit the fan, right, you were there. Right. And you had you the personnel leave. and. Right. But to let people sit home while they're getting paid. But mind like, you, they had they had like, like motors, SROs, canine were all pulled to work patrol shifts. Nice. So up. you had extra personnel and cops officers. Everybody was in patrol for that initial first two months, whatever. Yeah. Cause I remember, um, we got pulled and you know, sector one, sector two, sector three, sector one's old town two is like Northern area and sector three is everything out West. Right. Okay. And the biggest, sec- the biz- biz- biggest area to cover. And I remember the, our first roll call, it was four of us motor officers and one canine officer. We all looked at each other like, Oh, we sure hope we don't have a domestic or something because none of us have been back on the street really working anything serious. But they had all five of us working in one sector, and none of us really knew what we were wow. doing. Yeah. yeah, it was just shit. It was definitely a shit show. I mean, it was a, it was, it was like you said, it was really good idea. It just was really poor, 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 poor execution. execution. And right. I'm, I'm sure, like there were a whole bunch of commanders that like sat around and they were, like, oh, this is a fucking great idea. And well, yeah, yeah, it's like anything else on paper. It sounds great. Oh, yeah. But yeah. It, then in, in the reality, end, it was, I told you you shouldn't have done that. I told you you shouldn't have done that. You right. did. It was his oh, idea. Yeah. yeah. yeah there's but, a million f- finger pointing and shit. It's just like, oh, I knew it was a bad idea. I knew it. 
I knew I should have said something. I knew I should have spoke up. Yeah. Here's my captaincy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I thought that was uh, that was pretty funny. Um, but uh, so Lauren, um, you know, we're continuing your saga, but I do want to say, um, a couple of things. One, thank you for getting dressed up for uh, the episode. Literally just rolled out of bed. It. Shows. It doesn't show at all. Not at all. <laughs> no. 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 I mean, I think they call this uh, uh, Gap is running a new clothing line called El Lazer. At least I'm wearing underwear under the sweatpants. Yeah. All right. That's good to know. <laughs> That's. Mm. I'll try not to look at his crotch since he's, since he's sitting the way he is. Got you know. awkward. Oh, before we continue, I am super stoked. I am going on vacation next week i'm going to be gone for four days no i am going on um a cruise next week pretty excited it is a you have not gotten your vaccine yet right i have not but it's uh called the leave your worries behind cruise and it's uh it's called ted cruise so it's a ted cruise (laughs) nice you going to cancun no nothing all right no Gotcha. I, I laughed yeah, my balls off right, when I saw right that. Right over my head. There. I laughed my but, balls yeah. off when I saw that. And I actually wrote myself a note to like use that joke. It went off on my phone as a reminder. I don't actually write shit down, Lauren. Jesus. Good yeah. Lord. <laughs> I don't walk around with a journal. As I sit here and drink a wonderful cup of Sergeant Coffee from your roll call room oh, cafe. Speaking of which... um. I uh, am really, really fond of this new Costa Rican blend from RollCallRoomCafe.com. Uh, it is a fantastic cup of coffee. It's great. I love it. Uh, you folks can go and get yourself a cup of coffee. John loves, what do you call it, a Dirty Harry? Well, the Dirty Harry, the dirty Harry has six shots, but today I wasn't feeling so lucky, so I just had the Kim and John. Which, which is, is four shots. Four shots with, four shots with caramel. With caramel syrup and caramel How sauce. How do you say it? Caramel? Caramel. Not caramel? Who the hell says caramel? I do. Well, is it out that that's by, you. You back also out by say that, espresso. By that crick? Huh? Is it out back by that crick? Crick? Yeah. By the Nari crick? Yeah. yeah. Gotcha. Caramel. My, my ex-girlfriend said that one time we were up in, in New York. She's Whoa, like, it's, what? I, my girlfriend? girlfriend? Yes. No, she was female. Um, I know listeners from the last two episodes are like, hold the okay, fuck. My, he my, made I, me come I'm, out my head's to the entire now. world like on my first episode. But anyway, she goes, um, yeah, it's out by, we used to hang out by this crick. And I looked at him like, how do you spell that? Is this C-R-E-E? the ex-girlfriend? Yeah, C-R-E-E. Was that what did it in for you? Yeah. Remember the story we had about the ring and the Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Everybody's mind is blown right now. That's listening. To this. Yeah, they're right. like, "Hold up!" No, I, I, the, as I, I hold a credit card with a rainbow on it. Yeah, nice. <laughs> Last on a guard Christmas. We were doing. We were playing. Um, hold um, on, hold on. Is where are we going with this? You were playing the game called "Ouch, Ouch, You're on My Hair." No, <laughs> no, 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 no. We're playing uh, um, Cards Against Humanity. Oh, okay. oh even better. Woo! Right? Yeah. So, I didn't know where this was going. <laughs> so I had a, I, I forget the, I forget the card, the phrase I had. And I'm sitting there, I'm, I'm, you know, I had it and everybody's putting out their cards, whatever. And you have to go through and pick which card you like the best, right? So the, the, the card that I liked the best was Pussy. Oh, boy. And this is so where we're going. I mm-hmm. literally came out, I said, as loud as I can, I said, um, I like pussy, and I took the card, and the whole crowd just burst out laughing, going, I thought we would never, ever hear you say wow. that out loud. And I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I've heard about the sound effects. I yeah. thought it was funny, but, you know. 
my honor guard friends, my old for honor guard friends that you know don't call me. Thank anymore. God the FCC does not monitor fucking podcasts. <laughs> We'd be yet fucked. Yeah, so fucked. So, uh, Lauren, the at last... least I didn't say moist. Uh, oh, there yeah. it is, or snatch, or snatch, yeah. mm, Snow- snatch moist. Yeah, all the females are gonna hate the show now. Yep. Well, uh, we are holding on to a 23% female listenership, and I am proud of that 23%. That's more than most departments have staffed females. Yeah, so my, wife, my wife loves your show, by the way. Oh, well, thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, I, I can't listen we to We lose show, two, though. and we gain one. I, I see right. That sounds like, like two that listeners. Sounds like turnover at our department. Uh, and it was her recommendation, our recommendation that we put a ball gag in your mouth so I can finally finish my oh, story. Oh, we're going to finish your story. Okay. We're going to finish okay. it. So I, I will say, uh, speaking to the to her being a fan, it's it's interesting, and Lauren can speak to this because now Lauren has his own email address for the show, which is, is Lauren, L-O-R-E-N, at rollcallroom.com. Uh, so now that we get these emails from fans in, and they come in quite often, and you can, you can email me at nick at rollcallroom.com, I forward him to Lauren, and he gets to read these things. And it's always interesting because I always forget that it's three seasons and people start from the very, very beginning. And so much has happened in those three seasons that when they bring stuff up in their emails, I have to like think back to how much shit has gone on on this show over the last like three seasons. Like when we started it, we were super overly confident and almost like indignant like with our fingers in the chief's face or anybody's face saying you know fuck you i dare you to do something and you know to their to to their credit they sure did something um <laughs> you the called the bluff week, yeah, right? they called the bluff i right. just i it, it was basically a chess game where i did not see the checkmate coming um but um you know but i've never seen a check piece check i've never seen a, a chess piece stick their finger in somebody before that that's almost called that stalemate where you're just chasing around the board and endlessly and there's really no yeah but then there's left. like an underhanded move where you just like you sexually assault the king you oh, know we're going back to sexual assault now i know i don't know why that keeps coming God. back folks i think you're trying to run into the rest of his story oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. All these so references. when we when we left off yeah actually it, fall, it goes <laughs> right in because they they played a game him and the former agency played a game called ouch ouch this doesn't go here right um, <laughs> get him out get him out get him get him yeah. grimace yeah elmo your, your heart may belong to jesus but your ass belongs to me elmo 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 my scary word um so last time we left you everything was going fantastic in in our old agency uh you were going to come out of this on top uh and well, get promoted well no, no, no. Oh, no. That's the Tim Burton. Yeah. No. <laughs> uh, version. Um, mm. So you, I, I, I was, I was fired and suspended, then refired, then resigned, denied resignation, fired, grieved, and then told I could resign. But then at some point you didn't even know whether or not you were fired or you had resigned, which, well, which right, would. And then when I did my did my exit interview with 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 HR because the chief denied useless. my my interview, um, HR and I was going in there thinking I was terminated, and mm. they're like, "No, we have you done as re- as resigning." I'm like, are, "Are you sure?" She's like, "Yeah." I'm like, "That says right here you resigned." I'm like, uh, "Okay." Well, you know what? To see, and that when you were telling me that when you came to the cafe, 
it struck me as odd why they wouldn't accept your resignation quickly is because once you resign in the Commonwealth of Virginia, you give up all your grievance and lawsuit rights. Mm -hmm. Like, like you, you, well, not lawsuit rights, but it's a lot harder to sue it, it was a municipality. A, it was a tough decision because, um, well, you don't want to get fired. I was in the same situation. It was not, not so much that, but it was, um, like I said, after the initial switch of the chief's mind from, from suspension to termination, it was, everybody was kind of like, even people from the outside of the agency were sitting there going, okay, something's not right. This is kind of fucked up. And, and it, it almost feels like since we pointed out their errors and saying, by according to this administrative regulation, you can't do this. The story quickly changed and nobody knew what happened. Yeah, but you know what I learned about that city? And is, when I pressed that issue, yeah, that's when it became like, oh, uh, well, you know, I think we're in a sticky situation type thing and we need to. Well, I, I learned about that city is, is that there's a lot of stuff that they violate when it comes to federal law, labor law, all this other stuff. But they've gotten away with it so long that they don't even hide it anymore. Like we were talking before we went on the air about FOIAs. I am like, I love filing FOIAs on, on our former agency because, um, they, they, it's just hilarious. I love doing it. And it's almost like a weekly thing for me now. Like I just, I find it hilarious and, um, they violate FOIA law. Like it's fucking like nobody's going to challenge them and then charge you 900 and then they charge. Yeah. Like wow. I asked for, yeah, I, so the, the, the siege on the Capitol, the chief lied to the, to the rank and file and said, you know, Hey, I never got a mutual aid request in one of the FOIAs that I got. There's fucking clearly a, a fucking, uh, mutual aid, uh, request. And then on top of that, he's like in the emails, they're like, well, our memorandum of understanding expired in the summertime. He receives federal aid and federal grants. You don't need a memorandum of understanding. You <laughs> fucking go like, like that's a condition of you being, um, the capital of the United States yeah. of America is being yeah. overrun. Oh, I don't have a mutual aid request. But, uh, We're just going to hang out here yeah, and watch. Yeah. Bottom line. It was politically driven, but, um, so I request an email from the emergency response coordinator to the department. I wanted the email from him sending it to the department saying, Hey, they're asking for mutual aid. So they originally send me a bill for $1,200 cause they said it's going to cost $1,200 to go through all of these emails and shit. And I was like, that's ridiculous. It's one day. It's January 6th. I need the email from this guy to the department. Nice. Then it went down to $900. Mm -hmm. What a bargain. $900 yeah. for what? You literally, we're, we're, we're double siding the printing. Yeah. You literally <laughs> type this guy's name, first and last name in and how many emails he sent that day. And all I want is the emails that go to the department and you hit print, scan, send. That's $900. Well, IT is expensive these days. So. Yeah. And this is routine. Like when I was getting FOIAs for my lawsuit against the department in the city, a lot of the stuff that I was requesting, they were sending me like, this is going to be $250. This is going to be $100. And it's like, where the fuck are you coming up with these figures? Like, what are you printing printing it on? Like fucking zebra skin? Mm -hmm. You know, like it's, it's crazy. So Golden scrolls. Yeah. So, I mean, ultimately, Lauren, do you, uh, do you hear from the department at all after talking to HR? No, I haven't heard from anybody. Even the people that you were friends with that you would go to lunch with 
on a regular basis and people would tell you their problems and unless I called them, no, nobody. No. Would yeah. <laughs> but it's a blue line. It's a thin blue line, Lauren. You're telling me. Well, I, I, I kind of came to a slight realization and, and this could be partially my fault. Um, I was driving home the other day and, and I was coming up to the exit and I realized that I was kind of in the wrong lane and I glanced to my right and there's this unmarked Ford Taurus and, and, you know, and um, whatever. Um, and I, it's easy to spot when it's an Alexandria car, just because of the, you know, the way the antenna the is penis on, the on it. Oh, sorry. no. <laughs> yeah. So I cut the car off. Right. Good. Cause I needed to get over the lane. And then I realized who the, who the driver was, who was a detective that I'm, that I've been friends with. So I, I, I called her immediately. And of course she picked up and she's like, who is this? And I was like, this, it's Lauren. I'm apologizing for cutting you off back there. She goes, oh, it was you. So it's a simple conversation, but mm-hmm. it dawned on me because I had changed my phone number when all this kind of started and I was going through the divorce. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if a lot of people have my new number. So then I sat to myself, I'm like, maybe that's why nobody's reached out to me. However, you really think that's however, the... there's Facebook Messenger and all yeah. this other stuff. Yeah. And I still have the old phone number active and it's not, but yeah, nobody's. Well, I'll tell you this. If that reason is what helps you sleep at night, I'll go with it. No, but because I like the last four nights, I've had nothing but nightmares. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I could tell you that the thin blue line gets really, really fucking thin when you leave. I say it's broken. Uh, it's beyond broken. John, when you left, how many people reached out to you when you left? Very few. Very right. few. I, and even now, do you even talk to any of those people? Very few. Very, very few. Right. Very few. And I find that uh, the ones that do speak to me now either want information or want me to say something on this show about the department that they're still in, right. which is fucking hilarious. Um, but... When I was going through my thing, it was like a fucking plague. Like, like I had the plague. It was right. like people just fucking scattered, yeah. scattered. And it, uh, it wasn't so much that they scattered slowly. They, they it, immediately, they just stopped. Yes. Calling, yes. talking. People that like you would work with every day, side by side, mm-hmm. and go to lunch with, you know, catch rides with, do things outside of work, and mm-hmm. just vent to and talk to and share misery stories or whatever. And then all of a sudden, you're no longer there and it's like, Oh, you never existed or yep. don't exist anymore. And John, John could speak to this when you're, when you're, uh, when you're supervising people or when you're in a supervisory role and all these people's jobs that you've saved or things that you've kind of like skate by, you don't hear from those people. Definitely then, not. Then you hear that those people are talking shit about you. You're like, you're a fucking piece of shit. Like, right. I fucking saved your job. Right. Because I, 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 I haven't heard much of that, but I, I mean, I was in a. Well, uh, they didn't have Facebook back when, when, when you left. Oh, shoot. MySpace. I don't think even MySpace was invented or it was just coming out. MySpace? At the time. Yeah. Did you, fold, I mean? did you fold up notes and hand it between classes? No, it was. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, you see, know. see, just just to just to touch on that one, I, I I think I think the issue there is, and again, I I don't know for sure, and I'm just I'm kind of just throwing it out there, sticking up for those people that might still respect you, but they find themselves in a situation surrounded by people who don't like you per se, and they're saving their own ass by jumping on the bandwagon. I I can I can get that, but I just don't agree with but it. But it it it's it, it, it's it's. But no, well, let's think about that for a second. You know, 
Well, we're gonna come. I we're gonna take a quick break, music and then think. we're gonna uh, we're gonna come right back, and uh, we'll finish Me. that. Law enforcement suicides are at an all-time high right now. One of the causes is poor leadership within the law enforcement profession. Nick, the host of the Roll Call Room podcast, has written a book, Police Mental Barricade, A Survivor's Guide to Poor Law Enforcement Leadership. This book is a raw and powerful look into suicide and how poor leadership decisions contribute to law enforcement suicides. Buy the book now at mentalhealthbarricade.com and stop the stigma. Not there anyways. <laughs> Touching hands. Favorite karaoke. Reaching out. Touching me. Touching you. Sweet Caroline. Good times never seem so good. I've been inclined to believe there never was now. All right, folks, we're back. We give you a little karaoke if you're sitting in your cruiser. One of my favorite karaoke you know, for a songs, fact, by the way. While that was playing, you were fucking singing along in your cruiser. So uh, we left off. Um, Lauren was... Um, getting touched by the department and um where do we leave off oh so people not uh people not calling you and you brought up a point while we were in break which is is it's more of survival like you know they don't want to get they don't want to uh buck up against the establishment by talking to people that have left the agency well at the end of the last episode um one of the things I was trying to tie my experience into is the whole like defund the police or, or police mm. review or, or, or the, the, the political movement going on where you are, you have officers that are good officers that come forward and say, Hey boss, I screwed up. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I made a mistake. I want to try to fix this, do what I can, blah, blah, blah. And they're pushed out. Yeah. And then you have those officers that see that, that have been hiding things all along or, or doing things that are not proper they see the good officers are being treated like shit and kicked out because they made a mistake. Well, I'm not going to mention anything. I'm not going to come forward. I'm just going to hide my mistake. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and so you're, you're actually perpetuating a, a reverse effect of what you're trying to accomplish. You're trying to weed out the bad officers, but really just trying to right now, what you're doing is you're really pushing them further underground and you're not solving the problem at all. Well, let me ask you a, a question. Now that you've gone through what you've gone through, would you, if you can do it all over again, would you go back and go to the office of fucked up responsibility and say, fuck you all? And, and no, would you have given them a heads up or would you have just let them figure it out on their own? Because this all stemmed from you going to them and saying, Hey, this may come up and I want you to know what's going on before this blows up. Correct. Would um, you have done now? Now knowing what the outcome is, would you have done that? No. 
See, and therein therein lies the answer, which is is that, and I and that that's one thing I I, I kept saying was that if I never came to you, mm-hmm. we would never have this conversation. I'd be working my job right now. Yep, yep. And I mean, I, mind mind you that that again, there there's there's some minor detail, personal details that I kind of left out of my story because I want I didn't want to go into and I don't want to you know not that I don't want to talk about it and I have no problem talking about it. I'm just trying to respect people that were involved. Right. Um, I don't. I know, but <laughs> um, <laughs> but when I came, like I said, I, it, it forced my hand to make that to have that conversation because it, it was one of those preemptive like I'm going to get ahead of something that's coming down the pike, and I want to make sure that I'm upfront and honest about it because I, I don't I we're... don't want it to turn around and, and I don't want it to come out and, or something happen where then they pull me in saying well why didn't you let us know about this before Yeah, I was trying to do the right thing and come forward and, and be upfront about it so that there is How'd no that surprise. Work out? It, it fucked me over and got fired. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, uh, and, and, and the hardest thing that I had to do that I still struggle with to this day. And, and, um, again, still, I still, I still go to therapy about it. I still have issues about it. Like, like this whole past weekend. I mean, I was, I was pretty depressed. I mean, I know very depressed and completely off. Um, is that I teach my kids treat others the way you want to be treated. Mm-hmm. As I teach my kids, you know, Be value honest. of integrity and honesty and all this other stuff and, 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 and put value in the things you say, you know, what you wear, how you keep your, you know, keep your belongings. And now I have to go home and tell my kids that that failed, that that didn't work. Right. I, I'll tell you, I'll tell you this, my whole struggle with leaving. So April will be a year for me that I've been gone. That was the big struggle for me was telling my kids one that I was no longer going to be a cop in the agency that they pretty much watched me. I mean, they grew up yeah. while I was there yeah. and they went with me on a lot of community events and Christmas uh, events. I brought my and, kids to the, to the family yeah, cookout. They, yeah, they interacted with the things. chief. They've done things. They've done, you know, they, my, my kids, oldest has done ride alongs with yeah. me and yeah. my, my kids, how many times my kids would want to go and go do something. And I was like, I can't, I have an event that, that weekend with work or, Hey, we can't go uh, out to a restaurant. We can't do that because I just got done paying four or five hundred dollars to hire a face painter or somebody like that for a community event because my department didn't want to spend any fucking money. Mm. But then, at the end of my career, I'm a thief. That's what I got accused of is stealing. Nice. And that was the part that was hard for me to fucking stomach was. Um, I wasn't a thief when I was shelling out thousands of dollars out of my own fucking pocket. I wasn't a thief when I was using my own DJ equipment, when I owned my DJ company and the department was getting free services left and fucking right. Why would they complain? They're getting that service for free. Every time that there was like a, a training event at the department, like a big, huge training event in a big room with like a hundred people in it. And they couldn't figure out their, their audio video equipment. Who would they call this guy to come and fix the fucking thing? Who do you call? Call Nate. And then, and on then your when day the, off too, right, right, right. And then right. there were several times where I would bring in my DJ equipment and set it up for them to have training classes. Like when they would hire a big uh, speaker to come in and do a big, huge training class, um, they didn't have microphones that worked. They didn't have any of this shit. Brand new fucking building. They couldn't figure out how to get the shit to work. Wow. So they would come to me and they would be like, "Hey, could you do us a favor? Could you bring your speakers in?" and your microphone in and could you like you know do all the audio video stuff 
that that's like I would charge two, three thousand dollars at corporate events for that. At shit. least they would get that for free. Nice. But I lost my job because of a thousand dollars worth of shit. Mm. That's the part that I had a hard time stomaching. Because if I was guilty, and we talked about this the other day, if I was guilty of it, you'd never hear from me. Right. I would be so embarrassed by my guilt that I would be like, I'm just going to shut my fucking face and I'm going to disappear. Well, one of the other things, in, and, I, and we, I, we didn't, I didn't touch on this part. Like, as I explained my story, it was, it was somebody approached me saying that, you know, I, I have a suspicion about somebody. Um, so I, I went in, looked them up on a computer system to look at their history. And then mm-hmm. I kind of shared that history with the person, whether to, you know, file a complaint We've or file a report. We've all done it. Long. Right, right. No, I got that. So in, in the, in the, the charging document at the very end, um, when I was terminated, um, uh, it was a administrative regulation to share information known to be confidential and so forth, whatever the case mm-hmm. may be. Um, but they cited that by doing so, I violated Virginia state code of criminal trespassing because I, I went in and sought this person's information and shared that information with somebody else. So the, sec- the, the, the other charging piece that I got, which is not a fireable offense, surprisingly, is mm-hmm. um, a police directive knowingly commit a crime. Mm-hmm. And I sat there and I'm like, how are you charging me with knowingly commit a crime when there was no crime committed? Well, I said, well, you violated the, 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 the Virginia state code. I said, okay, and you investigated that criminally. And both the investigator and the Commonwealth attorney, the Commonwealth attorney, mm-hmm. agreed that there was no tra- no crime, no charges, that everything was investigated, that there was no malice, there was no nothing. Yep. So how are you going to charge or say I committed a crime when there was no crime committed? Well, you admitted to it. I'm like, but there's no crime. Yeah. It was deemed not a crime. It, it's because they do what they want. And there's no ramifications for it. Like my situation started out as theft. I had my, my Miranda rights read to me. And when everything was done and, and I got my final charging documentation, it went from theft to mishandling of department property because it wasn't theft. 48 years old. And <sighs> this was the first time I was ever Mirandized and, and written Scary my rights. Shit, right? And it, it was, it was, I literally sat there like, you've got to be kidding That's me. That's the same thing I did. Like when- I said, my serve, like, like serving in the military for 12 and a half years, the mm-hmm. people that I served with, mm-hmm. you know, did, you know, president, vice president, the cabinet members, the, the, the job that I did um, there and then, and then, you know, working here and doing everything I've done here, you know, being that community person. It, and now I'm sitting here being read rights over something that. It's the skit. Let me tell you something. As a cop, hearing the, mor- I've probably read that, that. Miranda writes to somebody. It's completely different when you hear it read to you. When you you hear it read to you, and for mine, I I stopped them right from the beginning. I was like, I'm not saying a word to you, and I'm an attorney. And it was like, okay, well, we'll just go right into your administrative investigation. And I was like, really? That just we're just going to go from criminal right to yep. Because in the criminal investigation, once you sign that that form, the Garrity form, whatever it is, then you can't use it against you. You're compelled to to. Self-incriminate. Well, my shock was is that a couple of days before that, I had gotten on the phone with my chief and I had said, you know, what is going on? Like, nobody's telling me if I'm under investigation. And he's like, he goes, Nick, it's not the end of the world. We just want to know how the equipment got lost. And I said, that's great. I have told you guys a million times. I have all the emails to show what happened. And he's like, it's not a big deal. It's not the end of the world. Then a couple of days later, I'm sitting in the box getting my Miranda rights read to me. 
It was a fucking, it was like a punch in the gut. And it all came to me in that room, which was, I was gone. It didn't matter whether or not I had fucking video of what happened. The first day I walked out of that room, I said to myself, they are going to find a excuse to fire me, no matter what the case is, no matter matter. what's going on. Yeah, no, once was, you're on, once you're on the way, once they have a reason to try and get rid of what, what's the old say, well, documentation that, and, and, is justification. Because of the current climate in law enforcement right now, the thing that gets you tossed out of this profession is, is being honest, untruth <laughs> is being charged and found guilty of untruthfulness, and they know it, and that's what they found me guilty of, which was being untruthful. Hmm. And but, the thing about it is, it's not the it's not untruthful, meaning I lied. It's that I won't agree with your version of what you want me to believe. So again, and that's the same with that's your situation. That's going to roll right into what I want to, what I want to finish about. So I, I, um, I feel your story. I, yeah. Can I, can I know? Yeah, go ahead. It's all mine. This episode. <laughs> so, um, so John, I got this email. <laughs> I want to read this email real, uh, so real I, quick. I, I filled out, I filled out the <laughs> hey, a application. <laughs> Shut the my name is Nicole. <laughs> Nicole, we need food back here. Uh, my, my name is Jason. And I am a. Damn it! Can we shut his mic off? Colorado State Trooper. I guess. Where's the plug? First of all, I love. (laughs) I love the podcast. I was hooked in the first few episodes. I listened. I binged it all the way to catch up. Once I caught up, you know, I have a fan base who really wants to hear the rest of my story. Most recent. Eat that. No. Okay. Thank you. Most recent (laughs) episodes. And drank some of your coffee. I had to reach out to you after Nick shared his story we had he had with Alexandria PD. I have a similar story. Well, actually two stories due to poor leadership I've experienced in law enforcement Korea that yeah, I would like to share with you. You believe this? Yeah. I started I told you your beard's not long enough to I speak yet. Started my law enforcement career in two thousand and five at the uh gonna have my mom call you and blank you out. working as a blank. My reason for being a jailer first was because I wanted to make sure my de-escalation techniques were good instead of having to use force every day. I must say it was a good move. My communication skills were very good and helped me when I transitioned to patrol. I got my peace officer's license and immediately applied for a transfer to blah, blah, blah department. I didn't make it my first, second, or third try but it took me eight tries for me to get into the patrol division. Wow. Wow. That's dedication. At the same department. I know he really wanted to get in there. Um, kind of like how Lauren wants to finish the story. Uh, eight times for me to make it into patrol division. I was told by a Sergeant later that the reason I got the open patrol position was because in my interview, uh, in my interview, the patrol captain asked me after I answered a question, what gives you the right to do that? This is funny. I grabbed the blah, 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 code book in front of me slammed it on the table and slid it in front of my cap in front of the captain and asked that gives me the reason the sergeant told me what he has never right seen yeah nice he's <laughs> never seen an officer shut the captain up before well usually just put the chief's cock in his mouth uh Ooh. so i got the job and i got to say i felt like i was on top of the world i had an amazing girlfriend who at the time i thought was the one i was living rent free for being a uh, courtesy Scary. officer at an apartment complex after two and a half years, me and my girlfriend broke up and it took a huge toll on me, which of course affected my work. 
I received phone call, a phone call from my sergeant one day to come into the office and bring my duty gear. Oof, that's not nice. Good. That's not good. My sergeant was told not to tell me any more info. They always fucking do that. Um, you can make an appointment with the chief to figure out. What <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, don't worry, don't worry. It's nothing serious. But I got your back. I got your back. Uh, I got to the office and inside was my sergeant, my lieutenant, and the same captain that was in my interview. Been there. Uh, they told me that they were firing me for insubordination and sleeping on duty. I was shocked. Now sleeping on duty was a hundred percent my fault. I was caught sleeping in my patrol unit on duty. I admit I wasn't eating. I wasn't sleeping. Now with the insubordination, I found this disciplinary action to be a bit of a Steve power trip. I have to agree. Uh, this is how I got it. One day I was dispatched to a missing person. Uh, I got the information I needed. And policy says you have to write a report and enter the missing person within two hours of receiving the call. Same here in Virginia. So I immediately went to the office and uh, office to write the report. About an hour later, almost done with the report, when my sergeant walks in and starts looking through my paperwork I filled out uh, that needed to be completed along with the report. He said, I forgot to get one paper signed from the reporting party. I said, okay. I told him I'm almost done typing the report, and while I get the paper signed, he could look over my report. He told me, go now, and left the room. I was thinking I can finish this report in a couple of minutes, so I stayed and finished typing the report and left to get the paperwork signed. I arrived by, back at the residence. In the middle of getting it signed, the person returned back home. That always fucking happens. Mm. While I was checking on the person to see if he needed EMS, calls for service were coming in, which uh, affected the shift uh, to have overtime and handle them all. The sergeant told me that the overtime issue was my fault and said if I went when he said to go, this wouldn't have happened, and that's where the insubordination came from. That's bullshit. Mm. As they were uh, explaining both reasons for the termination, I kept looking at my sergeant thinking he would speak up because he knew the insubordination was bullshit. Uh, he knew that I, he also fell asleep on the job as many times as I did. So I signed the termination paperwork. Bad move, bud. I can mm. tell you right now. And I asked if they could take uh, take me home because I traveled to the office in my patrol unit. Do they have unions in that? They do, actually. Okay. They made it seem as if it was one of the worst questions I had asked. Yeah, because they don't want to face you after they do shit like that. Uh, the sergeant walked me out, asked me why he didn't say anything on my behalf. He kept silent. This part was a dick move. Yeah, like I wasn't even there. Once we got to the patrol unit, the sergeant got in the driver's seat. So I got in the passenger's seat. He said, what are you doing? I said, you're taking me home, right? He said, do you expect a lieutenant to sit in the back? Fuck Get yeah. in the back. I looked at him wow. for a second thinking is uh, he is not putting me in the back seat where criminals go. I had a patrol unit with a metal cage with all the works. He had admin units with no cages that could have taken me home. Nope. I sat in the back and felt so small and felt like they were treating me like a criminal. They took me home, asked if I can have any, uh, asked if I had any of my uniforms or stuff that was issued to me. I gave it to them. They left without saying a word to me. Shit. Uh, four days later, I received my separation paperwork. I saw that I received a dishonorable discharge. So I called the office and spoke to, to the uh, chief. Lo and behold, the captain answers the phone. The captain, who was in my interview, I asked him why he gave me a dishonorable. He said it was because of the insubordination. He said uh, he would not change it and hung up the phone. Uh, after this day, I went in the state of depression lost everything and I had to move back in with my parents. After I got back on my feet, I found out that, uh, found out if I contacted the, uh, um, 
Colorado Commission of Law Enforcement, I could attest the dishonorable discharge. Turns out I had to write a formal letter and have a hearing. Uh, this had to be done before the 30 days I received my paperwork. When I found out that it was day 32, I could no longer challenge my discharge. Oh, that sucks. I was so mad at myself. I shut myself out from the world. I told myself, um, what was I going to do? Uh, nothing I learned while in law enforcement is going to transfer over to the civilian life. Like Nick said in the podcast, no department is going to hire a person with the dishonorable discharge. Um, after four months and tons of rejections, he was rehired at a different department. Uh, uh, when I was getting close to my first year, I noticed the admin were tyrants and pushing officers out of the department for minor stuff. I started looking to go somewhere else because I didn't want to get fired again for something small. Obviously finding somewhere with my background wasn't easy. So I decided to lay low until I found another department. This is where the chapter in my life gets interesting. One day I was dispatched to a possible burglary while interviewing the reporting par par party. She stated she didn't believe anything was taken. She was a house sitter. Um, all doors were locked. Homeowner's daughter inherited the house, but lives in Kansas. I called the daughter, told her about the situation and stuff scattered all over the house. The daughter said it was okay because her and her brother took valuables out of the house. They wanted to keep and said they were planning to have an estate sale soon. She said she would come down to Colorado in a few months to give me a list of what might be missing out of the house. I decided to write, a, uh, write an information report because the reporting party was no help with finding the stolen goods. So on my way out, I noticed a box of retro video games. I noticed it was close to the door. I told the reporting party how valuable they were and that it is something that they needed to go with her. I educated her on the value of the games and somehow someone would steal them if given the chance. I then left. Six months later, I'm working nights. When I pull up to the PD, I noticed the lieutenant was here, which is odd, obviously. Uh, I'm sitting down in the main room ready for roll call. I get called into the lieutenant's office and he says, I'm under investigation for a criminal charge of misuse of official information. Hmm. That sounds familiar. Um, which is a third degree felony. Ooh. Wow. Jesus. Uh, lieutenant said that the reporting person use of information. I bet. So yeah, that's bad. I don't, I don't understand that. Lieutenant said the reporting person complained on me. I asked, uh, I asked the lieutenant if it was the reporting person complaining on me and not the homeowner. He said yes. He stated the complainant that I wasn't interested in solving the case and that I was only interested in the video games. Wow. Mm. Uh, she put quit pro quo in her written complaint. I told the lieutenant that the homeowner said on uh, what the homeowner said. I told him I reached out to the homeowner to see if there were any updates and nothing came out. Uh, the lieutenant was being wishy-washy saying it wasn't a big deal. Then saying it was a felony and I could go to prison. Jesus Christ. Uh, he said he believed her and well, I was, I got your back. yeah, he said he believed her and <laughs> I was very unprofessional and wanting the video games. Uh, he had the audacity to ask me, are you going to be okay? Or are you going to make me worry about you? He doesn't really worry about him. Uh, He's just like, <laughs> is this going to create more work for me? That's right. what he means. Uh, I told him, what am I supposed to think? My supervisor is believing that I'm a liar and accusing me of a felony. He yelled, oh, so yeah, you're going to go home and off myself. <laughs> yeah. He yelled, oh, so you're going to make me worry about you? Give me your pistol. Wow. Mm. 
Jesus. I handed him my gun and badge and was escorted out the door. I went on admin leave a week later. The internal investigation was done and I was forced to resign because of the, of course, the chief believed the liar too. Jesus, what is going on? Mm. At this point, I felt like a piece of shit. I didn't belong in law enforcement. I felt like uh, I didn't belong anywhere. I couldn't go back to retail or anything. I didn't know anything else. After I received a second police calling from God, I felt I had it had to give it one more shot. I found another department that thankfully gave me another shot. And I got to tell you, it's been great. My chief is great. Uh, the chief is a younger chief who values her officers and their opinions. I recently got married to another officer. And after I told her my story, she told me about the Roll Call Room podcast. I love it. Y'all made me realize that I'm not a piece of shit because of Nick and Lauren's story. Spelt Lauren's name wrong. I didn't know there was so many police officers with similar stories as mine. And since I got this new position, I became an FTO, an instructor, an advisor of police explorers and taking more responsibility. I'm also looking to be a supervisor. It's a funny way, funny in a way when I go to training classes, some of those instructors you um, say, if you receive the dishonorable, you will never be law enforcement again. And I think to myself, I know one who did. Before I listened to the podcast, I was ashamed to tell my story to anybody, especially to you guys. And now I just hope my story will help inspire someone. Keep doing what you're doing, gentlemen. I'm speaking uh, for all the people who haven't reached out to you yet. You have helped me to keep going uh, and stay positive and to not believe what those Steve supervisors thought of me. I'm sorry for the long-winded email. Love you guys. Thanks for fighting. P.S. Hey, Mike, we have to go riding sometime. Uh, thank you, buddy. Uh, I would not go riding with Mike at all. I was about to say, I haven't listened to your show, but isn't he the one that was in the accident? Yes, he uh, has been in... Um, a pretty pretty bad motorcycle accident actually um and uh he um totaled out his harley davidson and it's touch and go there for a second Uh, somebody was lucky enough somebody was nice enough to send me um audio of it which i played nice so you know i think that's pretty cool um so yeah that was a great uh great email lauren that was your first email that you've li- read from a fan um so it's working people are listening to you um, surprisingly since i can't speak no you can speak all beard's right not long all right i was yet. fucking with you jesus god his beard's only what 10 minutes longer now i know it's like it's not even. I can't get past that, that it, just, it just drives me nuts. Just use beard oil week. from ferociousbeard.com, our sponsor, uh, who's fantastic. He makes all of his uh, beard oil and beard uh, paste and wax by hand. Uh, Ferocious Beard Company, uh, fantastic. Check them out, Ferocious Beard uh, Company or ferociousbeard.com. Uh, he's constantly running sales and it's fantastic. It's the only thing I use on my beard. Uh, and it's great, but you know what? Uh, I have, uh, done Lauren dirty. Please finish the story, uh, with the remainder of the time that we have left. So the people know what's going on with your story. So there's not a part four. Jesus. <laughs> Where do we leave off? Go ahead. Hey, jackass. <laughs> uh, 
I don't even know where to begin after that. Um, so after you get the call, you're done. Well, no, no. I, I wanted to, I wanted to kind of pre that real fast. And the, um, <clears throat> I was filling out an application for, for, uh, employment. All right, folks, that wraps up the episode for today. I hope everybody <laughs> enjoyed the episode. <laughs> Beard will be a week longer next time. You didn't even play my game. All right, ladies and gentlemen, you can reach me at nick at rollcallroom.com or Lauren, that's L O R E N. I quit at rollcallroom.com. John, thank you so much for coming in. Thank you for having me. I'm going to give everybody your personal phone number. Take it easy. We love you. Come back for part four. Do you want to help the Roll Call Room podcast keep going? Of course you do. Join Patreon and pledge to the show each month. Tiers start at $5 and you can get some pretty cool shit with it, including swag and access to listen to episode clips early. So put that Starbucks coffee down and help my dad keep the show going. Don't be a fucking Steve. Go to rollcallroom.com to pledge today.